This is Aikido Discuss, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second QM student at Aikido of Fresno. This All is right. a Denny's edition. Yeah, we're back But uh, there will be no mouth chewing. We're done eating, so this is just hanging out. There may be some children. In, in the, the background. background, yeah, different things. Plenty, so, plenty yeah. of children. Ambiance makes you really feel like right. you're right here with us. Yeah, yeah, it's great. In this so, Denny's, which Saturday some people uh, enjoy. They like, they like to hear us out and about. Yeah, Rick, Rick in Manhattan. Rick in Manhattan. Yeah, keep Rick. Rick keeps it real. Yeah, I like Denny's Rick. is also. Yeah, awesome. Denny's, Denny's it's awesome keeps it real. and it's packed uh, today, as always. So, um, let's jump right in. It. What right. are we talking about today? Timing and Aikido. Oh, this is a deep one. This is a deep one. This is a deep dive. <laughs> so it's interesting when we began, when we pitched this, or you pitched this the other day, um, I started thinking about it, and it occurred to me, you know, Aikido, at least the way that we look at it, is looking at two things, and that's timing and distance, and everything everything is related to that, right? And uh, as we pre-game this, you know, we, we were talking about the things that you need in order to deal with the timing and distance so you know you got to have your koku masubi etc so forth but the things that you're dealing or how you're choosing to deal with this interaction is timing and distance or distance and then as the distance breaks down timing right like they're 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 the same right i mean yeah so it's really just timing i'm saying distance and timing but um and that's 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 kind of it and yet if you I don't think a lot of people appreciate exactly what that means. I think most people who study Aikido would agree, like, oh, yeah, timing's important. But then they're thinking about timing in terms of, like, that one motion that they're making to set up their Ikkyo, Nikkyo, Sankyo, you know. They're not not really thinking about it in the grand scope of uh, what it is. Right, yeah. Timing is... uh probably the hardest subject to talk about in martial arts um, every martial arts system that I know does a really bad job of it uh, it's it's really hard for us to get um, and I think it's because when things happen fast our conscious mind stops doing the majority of stuff and our unconscious mind does the majority of stuff because our conscious mind doesn't work very fast it works really really slow and we're, we don't think so because we operate from it all the time, you know. And, and or, we, think, or we think we operate it from. Yeah. Right. We don't actually, no, but we don't. Yes. We, we we are mostly unconscious creatures. Um, we just don't realize it. But um, and so so talking about something that is not native to the conscious mind is difficult, right? Like I think the Italians kind of have uh, a pretty good way of talking about it, at least as good as any. Um, the Japanese don't have a great way. It, I don't know this is true, but I, I, I summarize it. It was stolen from the Europeans when the Portuguese came across. Because, you know, I learned the Japanese method first, right? Which is basically like uh, sin, sin, no sin, sin, no sin, go, no sin, which is either before, during, or after. Um, and then as I started reading German fencing manuals, I realized like, oh, no, that's, that's German. And, and I believe that predates the Japanese having it. And so I, I don't think it's a constant, you know, a... a unique concept yeah I, I think I think they I think they borrowed it right you yeah. don't think that it just uh, spontaneously uh, appeared in various places I mean that does, that does happen but 
Right. So, um, you know, I think all martial artists, especially as they become more and more advanced, start to realize that um, timing is super essential to everything you do, but we don't have a good way to talk about it. And a martial art like Aikido, where timing is the majority of what we're doing, um, so it's not about, like, force, or it's not about um, technical proficiency, or it's not about, I mean, the, the main thing we're doing is timing related, like highly, deeply timing related. So if you don't understand timing, you can't understand Aikido, and because no one can talk about it very well, intellectually, we have a hard time getting Aikido. Right, right. No, I think that's 100%. I remember watching uh, a Stan, Stanley Prannon video, um, and I told you guys this pregame, but... And he was just doing uh, Katate Doi Tainohenko, so that kind of outside blending movement um, from the grab. And he was uh, talking about some really cool stuff. So he was talking about the idea of uh, Kazushi, right, the unbalancing, and, and sort of like being able to, in that turn, um, like and capture your uh, opponent's energy, his movement, his, you know... And I remember watching it originally uh, at the time and perceiving it as a mechanical thing that was happening between the two bodies, right? And in, in, so the way that I, the way that I turned, and you know, the direction, the way that my arms were positioned in relative to his grip, et cetera, so forth, blah blah. That was the thing that was causing the unbalance, right? Like I was able to, um, with my force, capture, you know, his uh, force. But as a physical thing, I remember at the time thinking like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 in how I'm moving." Mechanical, right. I think mechanically. That's a good way to say it, yeah. But now, uh, I believe, and while some of that is true, right? Like I have to be able to fit my my physical body, right, uh, in space with his physical, the opponent's physical body in space, etc. It's it's not. It's more of a timing thing, right? It's more of understanding understanding where our physical bodies are in space at that time and and making that blend happen and understanding where his mind is at the time as well right is he connected to my hand not just uh physically with his arm but mentally yes intentionally is he connected to my hand if it is then i can use that right uh to to begin the the unbalancing, but it's a it's a timing thing as much as anything else. Right, right. I mean, you know. But uh, how do you look at that when he's you know he's showing it as a keyhole technique, and it just looks like he turns, and then the guy is suddenly unbalanced. Right. It's yeah. like uh, I have this problem regularly with new students um, and more stubborn older students sometimes. Um, that I'll tell them, you know, like. Hey, strike over here. Like, say we're doing a weapon practice or something. Yeah, I'll strike over here, and and they'll be like, uh, like, oh, you know, uh, th- but they're not over there. And I'm like, yeah, but in your mind, at the time when you launched the attack, they were standing there, and so they're not now, um, you know. And like you say something like that, and it's really confusing, um, and and so you have to like explain the concept of missing, right? You know, like if I take footage of a boxer and I slow it down, like I slow down the video of the boxer. And um, uh, one guy punches and the other guy ducks it. Then you say, "Why did the guy um, throw the punch up there when the guy was, was obviously was, below? Was <laughs> yeah, below him? Damn, that's right. a stupid. That was a stupid punch to throw. But it at the time he started the punch, when he was committed to the punch and could no longer change the the direction, the di- direction yeah. of the punch. Yeah. Then, 
that guy was standing there. Right, right. Um, or at least he was perceiving that he was right, standing right. there, you know? And and that's that's at the root of everything that's in Aikido, and it's really hard to talk right, about. Right, because... Be- and it's because of the way that we're training it, because yeah. we're taking it out of, con- and, and we're doing that for a reason. So, you know, if we're training with weapons, we cannot train at, at full speed at appropriate distance because we'll destroy each other, yeah. you know? I mean, especially as we begin. We want to get closer to that as we progress, right? So eventually we are... Um, operating as close to full speed and as close to real distance as possible. But to begin with, especially, you can't do that. And especially if you want to look at the things that are happening and and pull them out and really talk about it, you can't do that at full speed because they happen too quickly. You can't perceive, you know, you can't perceive the fact that they're ducking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's, there's this like uh, you know what's that whack-a-mole you know like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the holes and the little guy yeah. comes up and you hit it with a hammer and then he disappears and the other one comes up that's a lot of times when I'm when I'm working with newer people who aren't particularly used to my style of teaching <laughs> um, that's what I feel like I'm doing because they'll come up with something that's like um, you know like oh but what if I did this and it's like okay I can answer that question and so I answer that question they go oh well what about this and it's like okay I can answer that question I answer it and I keep going until we eventually come back to the beginning right. and then it's like okay you remember when we first started this and we were doing this thing this is what you thought was happening right you know like the the asshole thing to do would be to take your student and just as you're talking to them and they're well what about this well what about this but what if i did this in this situation punch them in the face and when they don't and when they aren't Mm. able to to block your punch go okay well why didn't you block block your punch you know about blocks why didn't you block my punch it's because you didn't have time you didn't perceive it happening quickly enough to be able to to respond to that and that's this situation that we're practicing you didn't have time to respond to this situation and so it's evolving from there i think it's really hard to like um especially in a martial art where there isn't as much live training like there isn't like there isn't an aikido like we're taking situations, we're like pulling pieces out of a live kind of situation and practicing them not... Statically. Yeah, yeah. statically, not quote-unquote not live. But when we take it out of time, right, we're like removing it from a longer scenario, we feel like we're also, like we, we forget that it's still, um, you know, like, like picture a movie reel, right? right? We're clipping four frames from a movie reel. But they're still four frames, so time is still existing... In those four and the frames. Thing, and the, the, yeah. So, like, you still are practicing something that exists in time, just a small little portion of it. And I think people have a really hard time wrapping well, their head around and that. And you see this stuff all the time uh, in some Jiwazes and also some of the forms where um, people begin doing attacks that could not happen at full speed, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're swinging with the, the sword... Uh, and then someone's going to block, then suddenly in the middle of your cut, like, uh, you change a 90-degree angle, you know, whatever, which wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do going full speed, right? right? Because you're in the middle. But because we've slowed it down, you can do these, these crazy right. things. And that's something that you have to figure out and, and deal with. It's, and, and, and some of that is natural to existence, right? Right, so right. Like, that's your subconscious mind... Well, like, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm not going there. Like, like, aside from training, in reality, um, there is, a, you know, like the Italians say, a tempi. There, there's, there's a moment. Now, in the moment, some people 
can move from point A to point C. Some people can only move from A to B. Right. Right? So, like, there's a truth that some people are faster than other people. So, it, because we're not digital, because the world's analog, because it's like there's all kinds of areas in between, what what one person can do in a moment of time is different than another person can do in a right, moment right, of time. Right, right, right. Yes. Now, there are, uh, like generalizations that you know you can't and so like you know in, in fencing you, you talk about measure um, because basically if you're out of measure you cannot cover that distance no one can cover that distance in enough time to actually score it yeah. that the other so, person cannot have a right, reaction right, right. time right and so it becomes really complicated to talk about and this is why you know when you're studying fencing understanding measure is so important and it's also unfortunately for Aikido people measure is not properly explained and in, right, in, right. in Aikido we call it ma, ma I. Um, but if you don't understand what ma'ai is, and, and, and I, I really don't think 90% of our community understands, understand, you know, yeah. and I'm not being an asshole, but because it took, I thought I understood it, until I started studying fencing, and then really realizing, like, no, no I, I right. don't understand distancing, you know, like, I had to have it broken down over and over and over through European systems, um, because they talk about it really anally, um, to, to get what was going on, you know, and like George Silva's stuff, and like, understanding the timings of your body, and how your body moves at different rates, and how you can cover certain certain distances and you can't cover other distances and that's when it clicked for me and then once it clicked for me I was like oh it is the key component right. in understanding Aikido and and like Josh said you know it's either it's either timing or distance and and so it's like those are the same thing and so it gets even trickier if we start to bring that in that timing and distance right. is exactly uh, right. the same thing um, but but get it that like that thing and we'll just call that a wase for Aikido right. that thing a wase is is the key of what Aikido is about, and Owase, the kanji for Owase, is fitting, right? Which is what Aikido is. So right. it's at least one half of what it is. The other half is the energy, right? Which is the masubi and the kokyu. And I think we you see hints of this in the weapons training, and only because it's it is clear with a weapon if you're in distance or out of distance, if yeah. you're in measure, out of measure, with a sword, with the joe, right? And, and the Joe is in particular, particularly good at this because it has several me measurable distance. Right, there's right. a close distance if you're in Ski Kamai, and there's a longer di longer measure if you're in Ken Kamai, right? Uh, and even a longer measure, I suppose, if you go to another, uh, like, grip. Katate. Yeah, like a single-handed. So there are multiple distances, multiple measures, right? Um, so then you see... That's your starting point. Am, am I in or out of measure? And then how do I get into measure? And then from there, it's all timing. Can I move? Am I ahead of the opponent? Am I in time with their movement? Or uh, am I behind? And then there's right. answers for each of those, right? And the forms do a really nice job of like looking at those, those questions, those problems that are being presented. Am I in distance? Am I not in distance? And the answers for that uh, as to what you do if I am early, on time, late. Right. Um, I think uh, this is this is another thing that's important to talk about. So, you know, um, if, you, if you're talking about German, um, you're talking about the vor, the indus, or the nach, meaning like the before, the during, or the after. And in Japanese, you talk about shin, uh, sin, sin, no sin, sin, no sin, and go, no sin. But that concept of like either you're before the action, right? So they have an intent, but they haven't begun to act upon their intent yet, and you act in that timing, then you're before them. 
if they're doing it and you're doing it, then you're in the moment. Right. right? I, yeah. And then if they've done it, they've already begun their action, and you're starting your action after they started their action, you're behind them, right? Um, and it, and that goes all the way until you actually got hit because you right, were so far right, behind, right. you couldn't do anything right. about it, right? Um, and then if that happened, actually, they you know that they were in the bore, they were in the before, right, because, right. yeah. Anyways, not to get technical. But um, uh, that stuff's all important to understand on a very technical level. But Yoshiba confused this issue, I think, a long time ago. Like, not he was confused, but he confused it for us. Because uh, at least once on record, and from what I've kind of read multiple times on record, he said that in Aikido, there is no before, during, and after. There is just one time. Now, this is true. Like what he's saying is no matter where you are you have to fit with what's going on you Whether read the exact moment you're in and you respond to the moment you're exactly in moment to moment every moment that's exactly right so there is no before during or after i think people take that to Which mean is though true. that no matter what they do you can just do your thing yeah. and no matter what the other person's doing you, you just do your thing you can't and, you and, can't. and unfortunately yeah. while that's like from a an ultimate truth standpoint that is real and whatever it's very real it is uh, it, it it makes it impossible to um, work on the skills that technical skills that you need to do because the answers are different right so yes we're in this one time but opponents ahead of me so if I'm acting as if I'm ahead of him I'm going to get right and so that speaking like that does the student no service. Now it does an advanced practitioner, like a master, advanced level practitioner. It does them a service right. to go. Hey, doesn't matter about timing because the truth is it's all one time. You have to fit with whatever's going on. But before that, you have to technically understand what your options are at each of those moments of time. If you're before, if you're during, or if you're after, and understanding what techniques and what strategic things you need to do in order to deal with that timing. And so, like, the beginning student needs to understand those very clearly, what before, during, and after right. is. However, the advanced student needs to accept the truth that no matter where you are, right. you can't always make it the way you want. You have to just deal with what it is. And I think that's what Yoshiba was speaking to, although it confused the rest of us, yeah. you know. And we're really still very confused about this. I think with the kind of forms training that you see in most dojos, the, the mostly static, especially, um, it's so focused on... Um, I need to have the best, you know, shionage that will work on anybody and that I can do, you know, no matter how strong or whatever the person is. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it completely just throws that idea of timing completely out the window and it's like, okay, great. In static, maybe you are like, you have really good balance and you've really worked on working with someone who's really muscling against you and that's awesome. But in a moment where things are moving and changing, can you now respond to the fact that they've taken the sh they've taken your shihonage? It's right, not even right. there anymore. You're, you're in your, there's no like understanding of how things are changing and moving throughout. Time. Right, the dynamic practice, I think, right. is the. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and this is this is kind of complained about a lot in Aikido circles, which is like you can go kind of the um, uh, the Aikikai route, which is like to make everything fluid and dynamic from the beginning. Or you can go kind of the Iwama route, which is to make everything static and stepwise. And you know, the, the, the basically what kind of gets said, and I think everyone kind of agrees to, is Iwama people have cleaner looking technique. They're technically more proficient about where their feet go in and all that stuff. 
However, the Aikikai people can flow with what they're doing better. The truth is a difference has to be cut between these two. And, and I honestly, and the more I've taught, the more I start to teach this way because I think it's better, is allow them to have sloppy technique in the beginning Yeah. because they just need to understand the timing of the event, the real time of the event. Um, you, you, you know, if you practice for years doing a shionage static, you're not actually learning how to do a shionage. No. Now, you technically know what makes a shionage good. And then once I started making mine really dynamic, I, I knew from doing it static so much what the right things to do was and I can I can help that catch up right. right but it's more important I believe to dynamically understand the timings of situations and once you dynamically understand that it's easier to go like oh if my hands are here as opposed to there I'll be stronger or right. if my feet are right. like this as opposed to that it will be better right. but like the, the truth is it is a dynamic exchange it's a, that right and and that's the harder part to understand quite honestly I mean like you know if you've spent 15 years doing Iwama and you're like man it took me 15 years to get a good coat of gaish it's going to take you longer to get that dynamic right right so so there's a lot of work to be done yet you know i think it's a really uh, and i admire anybody trying to teach aikido anywhere anywhere because it's difficult it's difficult to create um, boundaries for your students so that you can focus on teaching what you want to teach because I can see how easily that kind of shit can get really out of control if you're trying to if you are trying to do what Chris is saying which is like um, you know not worry too much about technique but but show a real kind of uh, uh, dynamic situation um, and teach a specific thing within that because really quickly you get uh, students who are uh, well what about this well, what about that well but I can move over here right now or just flailing around you get a lot of that kind of sometimes as well i see really quickly that road that you have to go down where you go okay okay let's throw you cannot do this you cannot do that and then really quickly it ends up being we're doing the technique in static now because we can control this situation and you can learn what i want you to learn and like and then it's there's problems no matter which way you kind of cut it so I, i admire the ability to figure out how to bring that to students without uh too much boundaries you know <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to you know so i did my tenure in a uh, uh a technical school like very tech- i mean you know my teacher my teacher was dynamic and liked to teach geowaz and stuff like that but it was still from the Iwama origins which is very technical and stepwise and then when i left the school after i did stuff i i was also still working technically with aikido for a long time like i wanted all the technical details to be right and as i've taught more and more i've had to learn that like while i'm comfortable teaching technique and i feel good when my students have really clean technique like if they show it to someone else i feel good if it's like yeah see how clean that technique was the truth is i'm not doing them a service if i don't get them doing it dynamically first and they're gonna have to go through an ugly duckling period and i'm just gonna have to go well, you've got a shitty coat of gosh. That's okay for the next year and a half. Like, yeah. it's just going to be ugly. And truthfully, it's like, did did the thing work in the way it should have worked in that timing? Yes or no? If it did, then who cares how ugly it is? That's really You true. know, yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like, um, making your Nikio the best or your, your Ikio the best. And it's like, it doesn't need to be the best. It needs to fit in that time, you know? I mean, if you can already do it in that time, then yes, the, the process is refining it and making it better and better and more efficient. But if you can't even do it in the time, you can't be working on making it more right, efficient. Right. So I think a lot of people think like, oh, let's pull it out they of time. They jump to the end. Right, yeah. let's yeah. pull it out of time and let's make it perfect and then it'll work. It's like, no, master it in time. 
and then clean it up yeah. from mastering it in time. You know, and that's the way any sport martial art works too, right? Like you just let a guy go, and you go, oh, basically you have a uchimata, right? You basically a, a, an inside leg throw. You basically understand how to do that. So cool. So let's make it better and better and better because you already understand naturally how to do the fucking technique, right? right. right? But if you don't, then why would I give you a static technique and say, oh, oh, do this one, work on this one real hard? Because it, even if they master it, if they can't get it in time, if it's not natural for them to work it, then they're not going to. I think the other problem that you see when people, when you're running uh, drills to learn a technique or when you're doing a static technique is like, it's really easy because this is the way our brains are set up, but we really quickly want to game it. You know, we want to, uh, because you said, for example, we're doing a Joe technique or whatever, and you tell the student at this point, you want to hit their head, right? True. You do want to hit their head. But if there's not an understanding of timing there, which is you hit their head and you missed because they're over there now, and, and because of the way time works, that can happen. Uh, you have someone who, who sees their partner moving because you're not moving at full speed, and suddenly the, the other partner doesn't know what to do because you tracked them. You, you didn't miss them, you hit them because right. all you were thinking was hit head, I am right. hitting their head now. Right. And it doesn't allow you to practice what you want to practice because the miss didn't happen and then everything's all fucked up. And so people are, they get too focused on their one goal, which is, you know, hit them, grab them, that they'll do whatever because they can, because right. it's slow. Because, right. You're practicing a fast thing slow. And it's really hard. So is there a good, like, just quick practice that people can do to sort of, like, start getting in the, the zone of it, you know? Because I feel like there's... You know, like, so Giawaza, for a long time, I felt like for me and for the students at our school, um, was problematic for me because it, it wasn't, it was very, like, start, stop, start, stop, weird things happening, the, it wasn't flowing, the, it wasn't interaction like a continuous interaction it was a series of things that were happening over and over and over um then when we began just sort of like stepping away from doing anything in it other than making distance and and sort of uh if that distance is broken offering some suppression suddenly it becomes a thing that seems really nice and and smooth you know and there's still issue but so I'm wondering if there's just a simple way to design, you know, some sort of little whatever that just starts hinting at these this for people that then they can grow from. Man, so I got a lot to say to that. Um, <laughs> uh, the first part of that is uh, I think you've gotten very used to our school and... Um, what you said is not going to make a lot of sense to a lot of IQ oh, people. Sorry. And, and here's why. No, 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 no. It, it's... So look, when Josh says our geowazes were choppy, don't think like normal geowaza practice and how it goes and that, that it was just a choppy practice. Think about when you get new students to geowaza and they don't want to attack, they don't want to be uke, they don't want to play the role of uke, and so they want to just like do weird stuff. Think of how that is, right? So like, you know, you can pick whatever awesome black belt in your dojo that you want who's super fluid and smooth and then put him with a brand new uke who's really choppy and they won't give him attacks um, and think of how it looks, that's what Josh is talking about. So, he's not so like saying, running up to the black belt but then stopping, stopping and just yeah, hanging out. Exactly kinda, right. Yeah, exactly right. Just hanging and, out there. And that yeah. is a problem for all Aikido schools. So it's, it's not that 
we were having a particular problem with Giawaza, it's that it's an issue. that is an issue with Aikido practice, right? Okay, and so then what he's saying about that is once we let go of thinking we had to do Ikkyo or Nikkyo or Sankyo or do a technique, right, that the, that the doing the technique wasn't the Aikido, then all of a sudden it got fluid with no matter who you trained with, right? So our Giawazas now are as fluid with the new people as they are with the, the advanced people, um, as long as the, the Nage is good, right? As long as the Nage understands what to do, they're just as fluid. Because the reason is we don't stand around to force Ikkyo on someone or to force Nikkyo on someone. Um, because if someone doesn't want you to do it and you allow them to come at you in a slow rate so you can try your Ikkyo, it will get choppy and shitty. That's the nature of it, right? Like, there's no way around that. So so what we did was we changed the way we look at it. And, like, yeah, the, yeah. You so, can never do any single technique to a someone who doesn't want you to do that that's technique right. to them. That's right. And that's... If, you know, Unless no you're way where stronger you're... than them. If you're way, right, way stronger, right. you can. But that's the only exception. But even that, I mean, to me, <laughs> if, if, if we're looking at, so Geo, and this is what I was talking also about the kind of choppy stuff. Like, in those moments, I'm very much stronger than someone. I'm trying to do an Ikkyo. They don't want me to. Um, even if I can do it because I'm stronger, the flow of that is yes. not what All... it's n supposed to be. Or, or it's not... I'm interrupting the flow to do my thing. Because you're not doing right. Aikido anymore. Right. You're forcing something on someone, right? So, like, you can do it. You can do the Ikkyo, but it's not a natural Ikkyo that comes off. It's just you forced it on them, which everyone studying Aikido doesn't want to force things on people. Otherwise, they would have picked another martial art. They just go to the fucking gym and get really yoked, right? You want to do a technique that fits in time with something so it's effortless. That's the goal of all Aikido practitioners. Okay, so, so understanding that basic thing is that, like, you know, in our school, why this happened was we, we eliminated the, 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 the presupposition that you have to Ooh, end good in doing an Ikkyo or Nikkyo or a Kokinage or some yeah, technique. Yeah, the idea that to do Aikido, you have to do a technique. Right. A lot of times now in our, geo, in our geowazas at the school, There's no... there will be no technique ever right. done. There will be no recognizable Aikido technique like you would say a Kokinage. Nothing from the Nage or Kiyowaza. There will be a lot of moving around, but no technique. Because if the, that, that moment doesn't arise, you don't get to do it. That's just the way it is, right? Anyways, okay. So understanding that first. First. You have to understand that inside of the micro timings, right? So micro timings of like, he moves his hand, I move out of the way, right? Like all these kinds of things. There is a, a grand scale timing that starts with someone has an intent to get me who is not near me. Then they have begun an action to come to get me. Then they have broken the distance down as such that they can possibly get me to, and then depending on how far you go in the Jiwaza, they have gotten me they are trying to control me, right? And it can go all the way down there, right? And the problem is, when most people are working their geowazas, they need to understand the first parts of the timing are the most important. There's an intent to come and get me. And if you're blending with, there's an intent to come and get me, as opposed to blending with, they have gotten me, your Aikido will be smooth and true. It will, yeah. it will be really fluid Aikido. But instead, people want to ignore the beginning right, timings right, when they have right. the best chance of doing Aikido right. and wait till someone gets them and then try to do the hardest timings for Aikido. So I remember uh, when uh, training with Michael Varen Sensei, who's an, another uh, instructor at our school, um, and I remember, we were, I can't remember the exact technique that we were doing, but it was maybe just like a yoke, like something off of a yokeman um, or whatever. Uh, and I remember we had this exact conversation, which was like, I feel like I can blend 
off of the movement, like I can make a good blend off of my opponent's movement. That's different than blending off of the intent. Right. Yes. Right. That's right. And I think that's a big, that's a timing issue, right? Um, and that's, a, it, it makes a huge difference. They may look very similar. Um, if you're watching it, you probably wouldn't be able to tell that there's much of a difference there, but there is. But there is. And so what so often happens in GeoWaz, I think, is you are blending off of the person's movement, or even more than that, you're blending off of their contact to you as opposed to uh, the intent, the moment, uh, when what what we would call the um, point of certainty, right? That moment where they believe they can get you, right? but they haven't gotten you yet. Right. Right, and that's you know like the, what you're describing there is exactly sin sin no sin sin no sin and go no sin, which is can you go before they've actually gone into action, or are you having to move in time with them, or like you just said, is there contact? Then you're moving after their action. And I know? think most of what I did and perceived as I was early on uh, was the, the latter. You know, it was always off right. the, and what, and this is what you see a lot of times where a guy just kind of stands there with his arm out waiting for the dude to come grab him. Then he blends as the, the movement is coming in. Cause that's when the Aikido is happening, right? Right. 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 <laughs> Mine's being sarcastic. In quotes. Yeah. Well, like, so I think there's a thing going on here, which is really hard. And I try and cause I'm always trying to remember this in my own head and trying to remind other students also that like, when we are practicing a specific skill or when we're demonstrating a specific skill, like on a test or something, it's really different from uh, the entirety of Aikido. You know, trying to how we should be live practicing. an Aikido life or live in, you know, uh, practice Aikido in a conflict. It's really different than practicing or showing a specific thing. And we right. conflate those two because they do inform each other, right? So, like, we take tests and we demonstrate our skills so that we can show I'm ready for the next level, teach me more things, all that stuff. But that's not Aikido itself. Right. We're, we're showing our skills in certain things. So, especially on tests and as we prepare for tests, because I know for a lot of people that's what their training kind of works toward, you know, that, that forces them to move forward is, like, you want to, you know, I want to work on this specific technique, and I want to show my sensei I know this specific technique. Um, but you have to manufacture a situation for that to happen, and that's the thing: is it is manufactured. And like, I think people forget that when they, when we're doing, for example, a Jiwaza like you guys described, which where we're not trying to show anything; it's just class. We're just practicing, and and the point is to practice. Uh, handling things happening in real time. There's right. no need to, to look for your specific ikkyo or whatever. Right, right, right. And I think now, especially even on your test, the point, I think you do want us to demonstrate no longer. You don't want us to demonstrate, look, I did an ikkyo in Jiwaza. You want us to demonstrate, can you move? Right. Can you Are make you the right choices? Are you consistently? Exactly. It's really hard and to unravel. And at some unravel point, you know, you, we may be looking, can you do an ikkyo from a different vantage point? Can you under, can you perceive when an ikkyo is available yes. and then move right. in time yes. to make that Much happen? Much more important. Right? Yes. That's the thing as opposed to can you do an ikkyo? Okay. And, and even if the ikkyo looks shitty, 
but you perceived it in the right, right. timing, that's, who cares about how good it is? Like, it's, you, it's And that's a difficult thing to do. Right. You know? so, so we have a kaishiwaza practice that we do. It's different than, than a lot of dojos where it's basically a uh, Japanese-style jiu-jitsu where you get to kind of trade techniques back and forth. It's purpose-built, so you get to work techniques, right? Um, which is, you know, strictly not Aikido, but it, it helps to inform, you know, what Ikkyos are, what Nikkyos are, what those things are. And I was working with one of the newer guys. He'd been around for a few months. He had tested, like, one one belt, I think. And um, we were working, and um, he kept sticking his elbow up, so I kept shoving him with Ikkyo, you know? I did it, I don't know, maybe ten times in a row. And then uh, we're going, and he said, hey, you, you keep catching me there. I said, yes, with Ikkyo. And he's like, oh, that's an Ikkyo. And I'm all, yeah, that's an Ikkyo. Me pushing under your elbow, that's an Ikkyo. He's all, oh, awesome. He's like, yeah, well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my elbows down. Like, Good call, bro. So we go. Good call. And then, like, like maybe, maybe three or four seconds into it, he sticks his elbow again, right? So I shove it again. He's all, you, you did it again. But I'm keeping my elbows down. I was like, clearly, you're not. You're not, right. Because your elbow is up for me to push. But... It, it's like when you're beginning something, everything's in chunks of time. It's not a fluid, smooth thing, right? And so, like, he didn't realize why he was sticking right. his Couldn't, elbow right, up, right? right. right? And if it, the same's true on the other side. Like, I mean, I've seen a bunch of EQs at this point, so I know when an EQ comes up. But if you haven't seen that, then you will think that you can't ever do EQ, right? right. But if you've trained it a bunch, it, you'll see the moment in time like it stands still. You know, like, oh, look, I'll shove his elbow right. now. Elbow. Right. Uh, and so a lot like, of times that's something we do in class when we're doing these kind of uh, various uh, training is when a technique comes up, we just yell the technique out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do that a lot, And it, it's, it's also because there's, there's not a lot of technique, you know? So a lot of what we do is just movement, movement, movement. So when a technique comes out, it is something point, pointed out, you know, that's right. worth like saying... Check it out. I got your, you in a sankyo right. or whatever. And the, the important part is not mass, especially in the beginning, not mastering the ikkyo itself and how to do the ikkyo. Because truth is, and you wish you had said this over and over, there there are no two ikkyos that are the same. Right. It's always right. a unique moment in time. And ikkyo is just an avatar that we stick on an elbow technique, right? Like, it can always look a little different. The truth is it's important to understand when that moment's arising. That is the real trick of it. The and that, timing. That, that, the ikkyo, timing. That, that like, oh, there it is, the excitement of it, the, like, surprise. Like, that is how it should kind of come up. Right. It's, like, exactly not right. like, I was looking for the ikkyo and I found it. Right. You know? Right. It's because, a, like, oh, there it is. Oh, cool. Because if you're hunting for the ikkyo, you didn't see the nikkyo, right, the sankyo, right, right. the kokinage, right. all the exactly. other things that came up, you know? Yeah. And it makes it particularly frustrating in the beginning if you're doing some kind of live practice because you're like, fuck, I just want to go to Kokunage. Right. So you're trying to make them happen, you know. But yeah. what, you know, I what I have found is if you just move, there will be techniques that pop up for you all the time. Oh, yeah. And it will be the same one every time because that's what you feel comfortable doing. So Sankyo for me comes up a lot because I feel comfortable making the movements that yeah. set up. Like right. I understand right. bodily that timing, those movements that sets up and so that's what will happen you will find your thing so do it and then eventually you can build in other things um, but to start out if, if all you're getting is uh, break free code of you know whatever it is do it that's fine right. if you can get it in that timing right, right. and you'll know if, it, if, if you do a technique and it's not in time you will know it will feel shitty and, you know, when people always talk about, like, oh, my Ikkyo feels crappy, 
Like, that's what they're talking about. Your timing, your timing of it sucks. And when they're trying to fix it, they could think, oh, it's a technical thing. I technically don't right. understand EQ well enough. But it's like, it could be. That might be some of it. But the truth is, it's more generally going to be a timing and recognition of opportunity. So if you yeah. recognize the opportunity of EQ, even if you have a really crappy one, it'll probably come off like right. a champ. Because the opportunity was truly there. And all of the techniques should feel like nothing. You know, they really should feel rather effortless right. uh, on both sides. You know, you just step in the right place and that EQO pops up. The other person is suddenly falling and, and not understanding why. Like they're saying, you keep catching me. That's what it should feel like, right? right. And I think the more that you look for a specific thing, the less you see other things. Yeah. And I don't think that that, like, you can be in a, a place in your training where you're like, okay, I, I've noticed that I tend to miss... I did this for a while. I noticed I tend to miss Ikkyo's when we're doing, you know, the Kaishiwaza. So I'm going to try and keep an eye out for them. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily looking only for them, but, like, I'll try and keep an eye out for that elbow up and take an advantage of that opportunity when it arises. And yeah. I think that that is a good, a good way to work on that. That's the progression, and that's a training thing. That's a four-training thing, you know? And, like, yeah. I like to tell the story a lot about um, scissor sweep in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I have a good scissor sweep now. And it's when I first saw the technique, I was all, that's a cool technique. And then I tried it, and it didn't work. And I was all, man, maybe it's not a cool technique and then I saw other people do it and I was all well other people are getting it and so then I was trying it and for a long time I couldn't find the timing so I would try to set it up but people would see it coming on so early in advance they would stop it before I even set it up you know and then the more I looked for it more I looked for it the more natural my setup became and then then I kind of could start to get one that people shut down and then the, the more my setup and the beginning execution got good then I started getting them right and then the more I started getting them the more I started seeing them you know like that's just the progression you're gonna make but you have to be in a real live time situation to do that because mastery of just the technique itself does not lead to mastery of applying the technique and I think um, uh, being open just being open allows you to see all those different options right. and I think like what Josh was saying about like no longer like thinking about I'm gonna do this specific technique or you know just I'm moving oh I'm moving now I'm, and that will create those openings those natural times where techniques do arise when things don't work out perfectly and I think that that's what's really hard for people to set their minds towards is especially when they do want to show some show somebody right. something like right. it is on my test and I am trying to show off that I know Aikido but like allowing yourself to step back and go I'm just gonna move and see what happens right. that will allow more things to come up right yep that's right Very good. All right, what are we looking at? Time? 21 minutes. All right, very good. Um, do we have our Patreon thing here that we can look at? No. no. Well, we love our right. patrons. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try to get one on there. It's I'll, fine. I'll one later. They know. Um, All yeah, about you. I appreciate, you. I appreciate The patrons them know who they are. Like, yeah. and, uh, and now I'm letting them know that we know who you are, even if we're not going to say. We could probably come up with the names because we say them enough, but I, we're not going to try. Just, you know, patrons... We really appreciate you do what you do, and anyone else who has sent us emails, sent us snail mail, um, messages, kind words, whatever. We really appreciate all of it. So we super appreciate it. Also, uh, we haven't said this for a while, but um, if you wanted to go ahead and drop us a review or a rating on any of our various platforms like iTunes and things like that, 
SoundCloud, whatever else we're on. Uh, we're on quite a few different ones. I can't keep track now. Um, however you listen to us, if you wanted to drop us a rating, that would be supremely helpful. And also, like, let your other Aikido people yeah. friends, if you think they might Tell be interested in this, friend. let them know. Uh, and also, you can share this podcast wherever you oh, might yeah, want to share that. If you want to put it up on Reddit or, or other places, feel free. Um, I would also say we are, we will be at Combat Con coming up August uh, 1st through the 4th, I think it is, uh, in Las Vegas. Um, we will be doing some Aikido stuff, other stuff as well if you're interested, but Aikido definitely. We're also doing a um, panel on podcasting. There so. you go. So uh, it with could Jared be something. With, there you go. Uh, so if that's something that you are interested in, check it out. It's uh, combatcon.com. It's fairly inexpensive. It's a really good time. Awesome weekend. Lots of good people talking uh, about martial arts, um, all, all all kinds of martial arts. So um, if cool that's something you, buy, yeah, if cool you it, you might be interested in, check it out. Uh, and if you do make it to Combat Con, please come by and say hello uh, and let us know that you listen. That's it. That's what I think I'm that's saying. That's it. Oh, tip of the week. Don't forget, oh, yeah, Ted gets mad. Ted will yell at you. <laughs> By the way, Ted, we were not talking about Ted when you were talking about stubborn older students, just in case maybe he thought that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I love it. Every time I say something, Ted's like sure that he's like, oh, he's, talk- he's, he's talking, talking about, about me. me. Talking about me. <laughs> and it's all uh, not really ever about Ted. Only the good things. Right. We'll mention you by name, Ted. <laughs> so tip of the week. Tip of the week. Um, pay attention next time, no matter what kind of... Uh, what kind of training you're doing so whether it's you know static or kihon or uh, kinonagare or whatever it is um, if you're doing jiwaza pay attention to uh, the timing of things and when maybe someone's cheating the timing you know and, and not so that you can be a dick and be like hey motherfucker you're cheating the timing but like you know kind of understanding could this are you going faster than the, the rate that we're going right now in order to do the thing you want to do? And that's not true to the, the, the thing that we're practicing. Or the right. Are you, that are you scaling different than right. would be possible? Right, right. 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 Yes, are right. you going 120%? Right. Like, right. Are you running around in your Jiwaza while your attackers are trying to be chill? Because if that's true, then... You're not doing yourself a service. Right. right. Very good. All right. Uh, all right, next week then. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, we'd like to give a special thanks out to Rob Kitson, John Smith, Matt Mumford, Linnea Kuna, Urbano, Jim Sullivan, Brian Crowley, Lise Klein, Sharon Okuda, Jim Gallant, Genghis Galahad, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Christopher Aceto, and Grant Templin. Thanks guys for being our patron supporters. We really appreciate it. 